This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 37. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Ballers Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm happy to have the December monthly roundup episode with you and go through my takeaways for the month of December. So December was a great month. Uh, we had Erica Duran on the show, Aaron Jenks, and uh, we also had the wonderful Cassie Parks and Kate McShay. Uh, so I want to start out with my interview with Erica and my takeaways from there. So um, first up, um, Erica is a business and lifestyle design coach from episode 33. Uh, Erica's lifestyle in general is just very impressive. You know, she works and lives out of luxury resorts while getting paid, which is, you know, pretty sweet and something I'm sure many of us wish we could do as well. Uh, her business is mainly made up of one-on-one coaching, but uh, she has five revenue streams. Uh, so she's pretty diversified uh, in the way she gets money. Uh, but enough about that. Let's get to my takeaways. Um, the first takeaway that was that was really powerful for me, especially since I have a podcast, is um, you know while most people when they launch a podcast they they have hopes of eventually building up an audience base that's large enough to get paid by a sponsor, uh, but Erica decided not to wait. Uh, and went straight to the sponsor before her show was even launched. Uh, so my takeaways from that uh, were basically that uh, it's possible to to find a sponsor from the beginning. So if you have a blog, if you have a YouTube channel or a podcast or, or whatever it may be, um, you can really just, just go for some sponsorship uh, right off the bat before you even have uh, those, you know, typical metrics that people, you know, think that they need to have before they can get a sponsor. Uh, you know, Erica said many people who are in charge of making sponsorship, sponsorship decisions, they don't even know what metrics to ask for. Um, so, you know, you're doing all this prep work to prepare yourself for, for meeting with them. But a lot of times the metric that you think you need to present, these people aren't even aware of what they are. So, uh, not to say that you won't run into someone who is, but it's worth, you know, just going out there and seeing who you can make some sort of business case to. I mean, basically all you have to do is align yourself with a business who thinks that your, uh, you know, content marketing strategy, whether it's a podcast, YouTube channel, uh, blog, whatever, is something that aligns well with their business. And who knows, they may decide to, to sponsor you and just don't bring up the metrics at all and see what happens. Um, the next thing uh, was, uh, you know, Erica said the best way to get clear on your why, uh, why you want to do business, um, and who your target market should be is to hire a coach that specializes in that sort of work. Uh, and I want to bring that up because I know that's kind of like this question that's always going around about, you know, what is your why? Why are you really doing this? Why uh, are you in business? Because a lot of times that that question of why ties in so much to the motivation that you have to do the work. If you have a large enough why. Um, reason why you're doing this work whenever something bad comes up or whenever there's some sort of setback you're more likely to bounce back and continue on than to quit if you have a large enough uh, large enough reason so it's really important to figure out figure that out if you don't really know what it is 
or if you think you know what it is, but you know, your reason really isn't that big, maybe you need to dig a little deeper. Uh, so, you know, Erica said, you know, she suggested a coach was a great way to find that out. But she also said and recognized a lot of people, you know, they just flat out can't afford a coach. Um, and so if, if you can't afford a coach, the next best thing, next best thing she said to do, uh, was to start journaling, um, and to get your thoughts, uh, about the type of business that you want and your lifestyle out on paper, uh, so that you can review it later and really think about it because sometimes it's, you know, you have these ideas and these thoughts in your mind, get your information out without really thinking too much about you know, how it's coming out. And then after you write it down, then you can review it and see if you can make sense of, of what you uh, wrote down. And you may find some interesting things that you didn't really uh, think were actually there until you actually got them out and weren't really focused uh, on, I guess, writing in a way that makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, you just kind of freeform write about what you think your why may be and just whatever kind of comes in your mind in the moment, you put on the paper uh, and then review it at a later point. Um, the next thing she said was, um, meditation is something that also helped her, uh, and helped a lot of her clients. And she mentioned a, uh, a meditation app for those who, um, are, I guess, either struggling with meditation or new to meditation. Uh, and it's called Headspace. Now I actually downloaded Headspace to try it out myself and it's actually pretty cool. And, uh, you know, Erica equated Headspace to, uh, you know, having a gym membership for your mind. And, uh, I think, Meditation is uh, definitely a good way to, to help you clear your thoughts and kind of relax. And um, if it's something that you're interested in, Headspace is something to check out. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other apps out there that do the exact same thing. Uh, and, you know, uh, blog posts, YouTube channels, books, suggestions on meditation because um, it's a pretty big topic nowadays. I'm sure there's plenty of resources out there, but it's something, something you might want to try. Um, she also said that... Um, most people may not necessarily need a coach, uh, but having one can significantly cut down on the time that it takes to learn and grow your business. Um, and she said that uh, you need to find a coach that is living the lifestyle that you want to live um, and also that you feel comfortable with because this is going to be someone that you're going to have to open up to uh, about your fears and your struggles. Uh, and this uh, can be hard if, if someone you don't really feel comfortable with. Um, the third takeaway that I had, um, uh, was Erica said, if you're not making three to $5,000 a month in your business, you need to focus on getting to that level before you worry about, um, what she considered the fussy stuff, like your website and creating a nice logo, um, things that, you know, I, th I guess I considered to be kind of basic and necessary to grow a business, but Erica said, no, they're, they're actually not, um, because, you know, uh, in the beginning, uh, most of your sales are going to come based on relationships uh, and visibility. So branding isn't as important at that stage. Not to say that branding can't help you, uh, but it's not It's not the most immediate thing to focus on. Um, and uh, so Erica left us with her tagline, um, which is progress, not perfection. So I really like that. Um, so next we'll go on to Aaron Jenks. So um, Aaron is a sales coach from episode 34. Um, and Aaron said, Aaron said something that is, uh, so true and really stuck with me. Uh, he said that in good economies and bad economies, there's always someone getting rich. Uh, you just need to figure out, you know, how to find that opportunity, uh, and how to take advantage of it. Um, but you know, know that their opportunity is there and figure out exactly where the starting point is, uh, to get that opportunity. Uh, because I think, 
especially in bad economies, people see so much bad things going on and they assume that there there isn't a, until the economy turns around. But the truth is that you really don't have to wait. You just have to figure out where the opportunity is. What is it that people need now that would help them? Because uh, there's even more pain in the bad economy than there is in the good economy. So how do you tap into that and what can you provide people to help them through their struggles at that point? Um, and, um, you know, he next talked about, uh, a lot of people struggle with sales. Uh, but unfortunately sales, uh, is the lifeblood of any company. You know, if you can't get your product or service in the hands of paying customers, it's unlikely your business will last very long. Um, and unfortunately most people aren't very good at sales, uh, and they don't have a good process for acquiring customers. Uh, too many people rely on uh, luck and random marketing tactics, as Aaron mentioned uh, during our episode, uh, and they just kind of hope that that you know they'll put their product out there or service out there, and that uh, someone will will bite on the bait that they toss out. Um, and uh, you know, Aaron, fortunately, in this interview, he provided uh, what I think is a great process for going after clients and trying to get sales, uh, and it's a four step process. Um, and the first part of that four-step process is first, uh, what you have to do is frame the conversation uh, in a way so the prospect doesn't feel you're trying to sell them. You know, if you walk into a situation and you're immediately going after uh, someone in a, in a manner in which they feel like you're trying to sell them, what are they going to do? Immediately get defensive, immediately put up their guard because they feel, you know, it's like this uh, kind of... Um, I guess immediate reaction that people have when they feel like they're being sold on something they think they're being they're going to be taken advantage of in some way so their guard goes up uh, so he said the first thing you do is you know you don't want them to feel like they're being sold at all uh, you want to feel you want them to feel like you're just having a conversation with them um, so you want to control the conversation uh, and kind of make them curious about what you do by maybe talking casually about your business, maybe some of your successes, but you don't you don't go into a pitch. You know, you don't go into uh, telling them about an opportunity right away. You let that kind of curiosity in their mind stir and fester a little bit, and um, and then you wait you wait for them. You know, you wait for the, the curiosity to build up in them, uh, and then the next thing that you do um, is that you really want to figure out what your prospect's pain is. So you need to understand what's really bothering them um, and what's what them not accomplishing their goals is really causing them in their life, what sort of pain that's really causing them. And not on a surface level, but what does that really mean to them on an emotional level uh, and how how important is that to them? And then what you can do is kind of you know stir that pain and dig that pain out a little bit more and make them really feel the pain um, and then once they really feel that pain, then you go to the next step in the process, um, which is the brain. Uh, and what this is, is showing them that you have a solution that will actually relieve the pain. And so once you are able to make that sort of connection and say, hey, you know, this is, this is something that I, I do. This is something that I have that can solve your, your uh, situation. 
The great thing about that, if you if you use the process the right way, it's like one, you just made them curious. They ended up asking you about what you do. You dug into what their pains were to figure out how to make that connection, and then you use their pain to make a connection to your solution. And then, then that way, they don't have their guard up as much because they were the ones that inquired about it. You know, so it's so it's not you doing this like hard sell on them and trying to push them into something they don't really want. Once you go through those three steps in the process, the next step um, is to um, make a emotional connection between their pain and the reliever um, that you have for them. Because as Aaron mentioned in our interview, people, um, they buy on logic, but they're sold on emotion. And so what that means is you want to sell them first on the emotion, making that connection between their pain and um, whatever your product is, and then making it logically uh, a good decision for them to make. And how you make it logically a good decision is that you make for them to make is that you show them how they can actually buy the product, how they can, whatever objections they may have, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have how they can get the resources. And in addition to that, you also show them that your product is worth more than you're actually selling it for. So if your product is a, you know, Four ninety nine product or $2,000 product, you know, you show them that, hey, you know, my product is this amount, but this is actually what it's going to do for your business and how much more money you're going to make. So if you spend $2,000 on my product and it makes you $10,000, is it worth it? Well, yeah, who wouldn't spend $2,000 to make $10,000? Um, so once you make those connections with that person, it's much easier to uh, walk them through those steps uh, and get them to sale. Uh, get them to the to the sale, um, and Aaron also discussed uh, how to get prospects in your pipeline to sell them in the first place, right? Because you're like, okay, well, you know that's that's great. I can use this tactic, but I don't even have any leads, or I don't have you know people to even use that strategy on. Okay, well, you know, Aaron had two processes in which he talked about, which were harvesting and hunting. So harvesting includes. Um, things uh, like uh, all your car- content marketing efforts. So YouTube ch- uh, YouTube videos, uh, blog posts, podcast episodes, social media posts, um, and all, all the things in this category um, are harvesting techniques. So you're putting content out to the world um, and you're kind of waiting for those seeds to grow for someone to discover your blog post, your podcast episode, your YouTube video, your social media post, and say, hey, this person's interesting. I want to start following them more. I want to learn more about what they have to say. And then they come back to your website and they, you know, uh, start following you on a more, on a more regular basis. Uh, and then, you know, potentially get into your pipeline that way. But all of the harvesting piece is important. It's actually a very slow process as, as kind of a harvesting is, right? You go out, you plant a seed, are you going to have a crop tomorrow? No, you won't. It'll probably be, you know, a few weeks, a few months uh, before you actually see any sort of results. So it's the same thing with content marketing. But it's a necessary piece in the business because it is, you know, an important and, and good way to, to get clients. Um, the next piece is hunting. Uh, which is the other part of of prospecting and hunting is when you you know go out and you find the prospects. So instead of waiting for them to come to you, um, Aaron suggested you know you go into Facebook groups and you even go to uh, in person events. You go to meetups and start conversations with people and find out. You know you want to find the low hanging fruit. Uh, you want to find the people who are already right for your service or product. You don't want to try to fit a you know a round peg into a square hole. You want to you know get get into conversations with people and figure out like who actually 
could benefit from this the most. And you do that also by picking the right Facebook groups to go into, right? Picking the right meetup events um, to go to that are going to align most with your products that are more likely to have your ideal customer at them. And then once you get there, you use Aaron's um, process. So you use those for the people that you're hunting, you use those for the people that you're harvesting, and then you're likely to fill up your pipeline um, of prospects and use the sales process to really grow your business. So I really, I really think that's a great process. Uh, and I think that, you know, anyone using it, uh, would, would benefit a great deal from it. And uh, I see a lot of growth in their business. Um, so next up is Cassie Parks. Uh, so the third interview this month was with Cassie from episode 35. Uh, and Cassie, uh, is the business coach from LiveYourChampagneLife.com, which is a pretty awesome name, uh, and I'm sure Cassie picked it because she knew it was awesome. Um, and so my main takeaway from my interview with Cassie was her description of the process of scripting. Uh, so this is when you write out what your future life will be like as though it has already happened. So you can do this uh, by having your future self write a letter to your present day self about how awesome the future is and what exactly you did to make all those great things uh, come about in your life. What exactly happened? What did you do? Um, and the purpose behind this is to get you um, in a position where you can get your successes down on paper. And as you're writing out those successes, the feelings um, that that success will bring to you once you accomplish it will come to you now, right? You'll get those feelings now. And what that will do is it will motivate you to want to keep moving forward. You know, and a, and a big reason why you're doing all this is because um, many people fail because they don't take action or they don't take significant enough action to really make a difference in their business or really see the kind of results they need to see. And usually the lack of action is because they don't truly believe that they'll be able to accomplish their goal or um, that they uh, that the work that it takes to do to get the results they want won't be worth it. Uh, and unfortunately, um, this self-doubt becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if you don't believe that you'll accomplish your goal, uh, even if you decide to try, you probably won't try that hard, right? And if you don't believe um, that you'll get what you want in the end, you probably won't try that hard either, right? So, you know, the mediocre effort that you put in will lead to mediocre results, and this will reinforce your belief that you can't accomplish your goal. Um, so, you know, if, you're, if your problem, on the other hand, is uh, not believing that it will happen, um, then scripting is a great way to kind of get around this because, you know, you, you write out your goals ahead of time. You know, you write out um, what things are like in the future, you know, 10, you know, five, two years, a year from now, whatever the, whatever the time frame may be. And you just say, hey, I've accomplished this goal. This is what my life is like. This is how awesome things are. This is what I did. And, and then you have that letter that every time you feel unmotivated or really even you can even have a, a daily routine in which you read the letter back to yourself and it's amazing how those feelings of accomplishment will come to you and it will motivate you to want to um, keep doing whatever it is keep working at whatever it is that you're working at um, and if you haven't done the tech the, the strategy before I really suggest it be, because um, it, it can seem kind of silly you know like how could that possibly work but once you actually do it you really kind of see you know the power 
of uh, of doing it. Um, and and for some people, you know, the issue is, um, you know, not thinking that the work that you have to do will be worth uh, the results. Uh, and if that's the case, um, then really what you need to do there is figure out um, the true pain that you're trying to solve with your goal because maybe you're not really clear on what that pain is because, you know, an, another uh, thing that stops a lot of people is the pain that, that, that they think they're trying to solve is not greater than the pain that's caused by the work, right? You know, what hours do you have to sacrifice? What kind of things you have to give up that may be in your current lifestyle that's, you know, comfortable, um, that the pain of doing that may be greater than the pain that your problem, that your, that your goal, accomplishing your goal actually, um, resolves. So, um, if that's the case, then you really need to dig deeper and kind of find a bigger pain, find a bigger why, find a bigger reason so that you have a reason that's big enough, that's powerful enough so that when you think about it and you write this letter and you're reading the letter back to you, back to yourself, um, that you really are motivated by getting rid of that pain and it's, and it's greater than the pain that comes along with doing the work. It becomes worth it, uh, to you. So I think that that's a a great, um, a great process. And in a way, you know, this whole process is like using Aaron Jenks sales process on yourself, right? And, you know, you're selling yourself through your letter. So I, I, I kind of like the way those, uh, those, those things kind of tie in together. So last up this month was Kate McShay. Uh, and Kate is someone that I met at the No Excuses Summit in San Diego, who, which is where I met a lot of great people. Uh, she was on stage talking about her business. She's a, uh, you know, video marketing expert. Uh, and she was from episode 36. Uh, and Kate really changed her life around by uh, learning how to use video marketing. Uh, and a major part of that change happened because she invested in herself and she hired a mentor to show her what she didn't know. Uh, and I think that that's a big thing for so many people is like, you don't know what you don't know. So you can't even kind of start to, to I guess, want to tackle uh, those things because you don't even know what it, you know, you don't even know what the problem is. Um, and so Kate shared some of her great tips for how to find a great mentor, how to find the right mentor for you, and also how to get the most out of a mentoring relationship. Uh, and, uh, I, I thought that was really helpful because so many people are hiring mentors, but maybe they're not getting the most out of that relationship. They're, they're spending money, but not getting the most out of, of the relationship, or even they've bought a course and they're, they, you know, they spent money on a course, but they're not getting the most out of the course. And of course, you know, it's in a way kind of a mentoring relationship. It's like mentoring light, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to write out my lessons and write out the things that I think you should do or put the things you should do in audio format or in a video format for you to follow. Uh, you don't get the same feedback or maybe you do. Sometimes people have, you know, you can ask them questions through email or, or you know, get on a phone call with them or a Skype chat or something. But, um, you know, it, it's not the full, you know, mentoring relationship. But I think some of the, the principles I'm about to share still apply even to that. Um, so Kate said, when selecting a mentor, you want to find someone who is performing at a level that you want to perform at. You know, it's unlikely that a mentor who is living a life that you want to live, uh, who is not living a life you want to live, it will be able to help you get to your, your dream life. 
Uh, so you really want to find someone who's already living the life you want to live because you'll be motivated to listen to that person more and they'll be able, they'll be more likely to provide you with lessons that will actually help you get to where you want to be. Uh, she also said that a mentor's job is not to figure out uh, everything for you and provide you with a step-by-step script that you can follow to the letter to find success. And I think that so many people expect that from a course or expect that from, especially from a mentor relationship when you're spending a lot more money, like this person is going to give me every single step-by-step process that I need to follow and I won't have to think at all. You know, I just follow exactly what they say and I make, you know, tons of money. Uh, And instead, what Kate said is that a mentor is there, a mentor is there as a guide, right? Um, You know, they are there to show you the path uh, and to help you uh, as you walk along the path to make sure you don't stray off the path and uh, that you're able to get around any obstacles that show up on your path. So, you know, they're going to, it's just like if you had a guide in the forest, they'll show you, hey, this is a path to work on. And if you get into a fork in the road, they'll help you say, you know, hey, stay to the right, stay to the left, you know, don't veer off into this dirt road, whatever things you may be doing, because let's say it's dark out or whatever um, that you may be doing to follow the path. If you, if you start to stumble or, or, or you start to give up, you know, they're there to kind of help you and motivate you, but they're not going to give you, you know, they're not going to, they're, you know, that person's not going to say, okay, now take your right foot and then move it forward and then take your move at this degree here. And, you know, they're not going to do that, but they're going to guide you as you walk down this path and they provide you with guidance and lessons and the mentor in a business relationship does the exact same thing. Um, And she said that means that you have to do the work uh, and you have to share everything that you're doing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, you need to be willing to hear that your stuff stinks uh, and not take it personal, especially in the beginning. Because the reason why you hired the coach is because you weren't able to accomplish whatever the goal is you're trying to accomplish on your own. So whether it's a business coach, whether it's a fitness coach, whether it's a mindset coach, it doesn't really matter. It's all the same. Uh, and so you have to be willing to take that sort take feedback from your coach uh, and uh, take lessons that they want to live learn that, that they want to give you and learn from those lessons and be willing to, to do the work that it takes follow all the steps they ask you to take and to share what's happening in your life with them so they know um, you know how to help you you know a mentor can't help you uh, if they don't know what you're struggling with Uh, and you won't know what you're struggling with unless you do the work that the mentor is asking you to do and stumble your way along the path. And those stumbling opportunities that will come up will teach you things, and then they'll also help your mentor to know what the right next suggestion to make for you is. Um, You know, it's like you have to show them uh, what you've tried so they know what to suggest uh, to make um, improvements for you. Uh, You also need to be coachable. It's another thing Kate mentioned is so many people are uh, are in their in their own in their own way. They're in their own heads. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, they're so uh, riddled with self-doubt and, you know, it's like, oh, I want to do this thing. But I'm just paralyzed by, you know, the fear of failure. I'm paralyzed by, um, you know, some 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 other fear or some other self-doubt. And this means that, you know, you have to be able to get rid of that doubt or at least suppress those feelings of self-doubt. And this also ties back into Cassie Park's strategy of scripting. 
which can be used to help you overcome your self-doubt and allow you uh, and your and your mentor to actually have the best relationship and for your mentor to actually do the best job for you possible. So um, I really like, uh, you know, Kate's strategy for that. And I, I think so many people, unfortunately, get into mentoring relationships and kind of squander that time that they have with someone who can really help their business uh, because they're not going about it the right way. Uh, so those are my takeaways from my interviews this month. Uh, I hope you got some some great value from that. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about um, some things that are going to be coming up. Uh, so next week I'll be interviewing solo ad expert Misha Wilson from the solo of, uh, super affiliate network, excuse me. Uh, and, uh, Misha is, um, a great marketer. He's, his business is mainly focused on running solo ads. I know a lot of people are focused now on Facebook ads, but solo ads is, is his main, uh, main avenue for getting traffic. So if you're running solo ads, you want to hear what Misha has to say. Uh, and uh, how he became such a, such a success with solo ads in such a short period of time. And if you're not familiar with solo ads and what they are, then you definitely don't want to miss this episode because they are a very powerful tool for any marketer who wants to drive traffic or get sales. Uh, so as usual, thanks for listening. Uh, and you can check out the show notes for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at internetballers.com. Once again, this is Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.